ready for true happiness, for deep fulfillment, for feeling alive, on purpose, and in control of your life again, it's time to be the bold, brilliant, beautiful woman you were born to be. Welcome to the Purpose Girl Podcast. I'm women's happiness and life purpose expert, Karen Rockhind, and I'm going to teach you how to live on purpose, feel alive, and be happy in every aspect of life. I'm going to get real about my life and interview women who are living on purpose so that you can finally live yours. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, Purpose Girls. What were you like in high school? Or maybe I should ask, what was high school like for you? So I know for me, I felt like I totally wasn't popular and I was desperate for the popular girls to like me. I so, so wanted to just get all A's. I so wanted other people to think I had it all together, that I was perfect. I so wanted my parents to think that I felt like such a loser when I didn't get elected for another year on student council. I felt so ashamed. I felt not as pretty as I thought I was, as my family told me I was, because guys were totally not asking me out. I felt confused about my sexuality because I had fallen in love with my best friend who was a girl and we had actually an incredible love relationship. But then when I wanted to start dating boys, she actually became physically violent with me, which led me to my first panic attack at 17 years old in front of a group of our friends. And my parents sent me to therapy and I didn't tell the therapist I'd been dating a girl. I didn't tell the therapist. I mean, I was like so embarrassed about it. I mean, there was so much shame. There was so much confusion. There was so much hiding. And not just my sexuality, but like hiding that I didn't feel perfect all the time. I mean, I'm the youngest of three and my parents always said we got it right the third time with her. So I just felt this enormous amount of pressure to be perfect, to get it right. And I don't know what high school was like for you. I'd love to hear from you. I love hearing from all of you. But this weekend, I spoke to 250 teenagers. And I wanted to give them the exact right message that they need to hear right now to know that they are going to be okay. So my question for you and today's Purpose Girl podcast is all about what did your teenage self need to hear? Because chances are a teenager in your life needs to hear it now. Chances also are that you still need to hear those things. Because we are every age we have ever been. And so inside of me is that 17-year-old who still seeks approval, who still wants other people to like her, who still sometimes compares herself. Inside of you is a 15-year-old that was in love and it was returned or you were rejected. Inside of your best friend might be an 18-year-old that didn't get into the college that she wanted and so she's feeling not good enough. Like inside of us is our younger self. And typically when we feel afraid as adults to go after a dream or we feel afraid of failing or rejecting, it's not our adult self. Our adult self has like a higher level human brain. We have a prefrontal cortex that can be very rational and can think through. It's okay if I don't hit it out of the park when I start my new business. I know it's going to take time. But that fear brain, which is also called a reptilian brain, it's your stress response brain, that brain gets scared and that brain was developed from our younger selves. So today we are going to talk about what that younger self needs to hear. I'm going to share what it is that I shared with those 250 teens, all in an effort for us to start speaking to ourselves that way, for us to start speaking to others that way, and for us to raise the vibration of this entire world. Because you know that I think Purpose Girls 
All of us are changing this world, one woman at a time. But first, I want to introduce a new feature on the Purpose Girl podcast. I'm going to read to you a review. I love hearing your reviews. I love getting your emails. And we're going to read a review every single week on the episode. And so you may get a chance of your review being read. So here is from Andrea Seidel in Canada. Andrea says, love how real she is. Such a fun use of your time. The Purpose Girl is so funny and real. It's a refreshing podcast that is full of inspiration and positivity mixed amongst challenge. You will literally catch yourself laughing. Thank you, Andrea, so much, especially because I grew up in a family. My older brother thinks I'm totally not funny. So that makes me so happy. Thank you. And any of you, if you've been thinking about leaving a review and you're like, oh, I'll get to it later, please press pause right now before we get into our teenage selves. Press pause. It'll take two minutes to go over to iTunes, to leave a five-star review, to write what you think of us. Uh, and that is so important because that's how more women find us. The more reviews we have, the more people find us. So please do that. And I'm going to be doing a contest coming up soon where everybody who has left their review, I'm going to pick one to win a special Purpose Girl prize. So that is coming up. Okay, back to our teenage selves. So to be perfectly honest with you, the morning of my talk to these 250 teens, I had a panic attack. I was in my hotel room in Washington, D.C., preparing for the talk, and I could not catch my breath. I started having so much panic that it was an all-out panic attack. And I used to have a lot of panic attacks, but I haven't had one in a long time. And what's crazy about this is I speak all over the world, right? Just a few months ago, I spoke to executives at Victoria's Secret Beauty. Last year, I spoke to 300 women professionals at Capital One. I've spoken to 500 managers at AAA. Like, it is not new for me to speak on stages, big stages, with people who are, quote unquote, like professional and important and have big titles. None of that. None of that scares me. None of that scares me. Speaking to 250 teenagers was 10 times the amount of pressure, or at least that's what it felt like to me. And as I think about it, it might be because I really wanted, like, I always want to get it right, but like, I felt like there is some teenager out there that really needs to hear something. And I was putting so much pressure on myself to like get it right. Now, of course, that is not a surprise since I have, that's like the story of my life and maybe the story of yours that you put a lot of pressure on yourself to get it right and to have this kind of perfection going on. But I really wanted to make a difference in these kids' lives because I really imagined if I had been in their chair, the morning that I had my panic attack at 17, like maybe, maybe I would have felt differently. Maybe it wouldn't have happened. Or maybe after it happened, I would have had this adult that I could go up to who had spoken to my group and I could say to them, can I talk to you? And that's who I wanted to be to these kids. So as I was preparing and recovering from this panic attack. I mean, here I'm texting Josh and saying, oh my God, I'm having a panic attack. I text my cousin and she's like, you know, I think that what's going on here is that, you know, this is probably triggering you from when you were in high school. Like she's one of my best friends and we spent a lot of time together in high school. We were in Jewish youth group together, which I was really into. And that's what I was going to speak to. I was going to speak to the same Jewish youth group that I had been in when I was a kid. So she said, you know, I think that this might be triggering you. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, like this is taking me back to those days when I would think about high school boys and frankly, high school girls and think, do they like me? Am I good enough? Are they going to like me? So I'm having this all out panic attack in my hotel room in Washington, D.C. And my way to like, I I'm, I'm texting, that's not helping, right? So I start running. 
I'm in my hotel room and literally I start running back and forth between the window and the door and the window and the door. And I must have made this loop, this lap like a hundred times. Sorry to the person who was in the hotel room below me, but it really helped because when we're having panic, what's happening is our stress response is going up and our body thinks we're about to be attacked by a saber tooth tiger. So our body is designed to, to move, right? Fight flight. So I'm, I'm running back and forth. I'm running back and forth. And when my cousin texted me about the trigger, it was like I was able to take a deep breath. <sighs> you know what? I think she's right. So then I started doing yoga poses and meditation to calm down. And then I started focusing in on what do these kids need to know? Like, really, what do they need to know? And so I posted on my Facebook page that I was about to give this talk and that I was curious, what was it that my friends and my family and my Facebook friends wished that they had heard when they were in high school? And I got the most incredible responses. Right? What do you wish you had heard? What did you need to hear? What would you say to your younger self? Someone replied, I would tell my younger self that you are enough and you can achieve anything you want to in life that the setbacks make you a stronger person, that you don't have to believe all that corporate world BS. Possessions don't buy happiness. So good, right? Right. I was talking to a friend of mine who was telling me with her three teenagers that so many of her kids' friends don't get that they're going to fail at some point, that they're going to have sadness. They don't know how to deal with the setbacks. And I don't think I did either when I was younger. I don't know about you. But like, what if, what if we really understood as teens and frankly, as adults, that the setbacks will just make us stronger? In positive psychology, we actually have a term. There's resilience, which is bouncing back. And there are wonderful resilience tools that I teach when I teach the Certificate in Positive Psychology program, when I am doing my Empowered program or my individual coaching, wonderful resilience tools to bounce back. In positive psychology, we also have another term that we call post-traumatic growth. And this is when a setback, when a challenge, when, tr when you have trauma, when, it not, when you not only bounce back, but that it actually helps you become better. That in working through the trauma, the challenge, the setback, you become stronger. You become more courageous. You realize that life is precious and short. You have greater appreciation for life and for yourself and for the relationships that you have. You find meaning and purpose. You have a deeper sense of spiritual connection, right? So wouldn't that be amazing for all of us to realize that we can have post-traumatic growth. When I talk about pain to purpose, that's what I'm talking about is this ability. So my younger self, I mean, my 17-year-old self was abused, physically abused my girlfriend in order for me to not leave that relationship. She would hit me. And I remember we were once out as a whole big group to TGI Fridays, a group of us girls, and G and I were sitting next to each other and everybody knew us as best friends, so they didn't know that we were together. And we kept that, that persona up. And so we were all talking and someone asked me who I was asking to the Sadie Hawkins dance, you know, the dance where the girl asked the guy. And as soon as I started talking about the boy that I was going to ask, my best friend, my previous girlfriend on and off love, I mean, she really was, was a great love of my life, in love. She took her hand she was sitting to my right and she took her left hand and she clawed my thigh 
and started pressing her nails and her fingers into my thigh until I had a black and blue mark. Until I couldn't take it anymore. And it was her way of telling me, stop talking about boys. It was her way of telling me, you have to be with me. For a long time, I actually just forgot about that experience. I just pushed it out of my mind once I went to college. I didn't want to even think about it anymore. And now what I know is that that setback, right? It was actually a setback that was 25 years of feeling like I can't trust love. I can't trust another person. But that setback now, I realize, made me so much stronger. The fact that my 17-year-old self could live through that, could survive abuse. The fact that I now, it's like I know what it's like to be abused. So I hold every single woman in my community. I hold you in in my Purpose Girls podcast community, in my Facebook Purpose Girls community. If you haven't joined, please, 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 because my goal there is for you all to have a safe space to talk about your setbacks, for you all to receive the love and connection from me and our, our community manager, Christy, for us to uplift and love you, to know, to help you find your own post-traumatic growth. So this is what one of my friends said when I asked, what did your 17-year-old self need to hear? Another friend said, I would tell my younger self, don't settle. Keep dreaming. Don't stress about the future and what you think you're supposed to be. How good is that advice? Don't settle, keep dreaming. Don't stress about the future and what you think it's supposed to be. I mean, how often do you look at your own life and you think it wasn't supposed to be like this? I was supposed to be X or Y. I was supposed to have a bigger life or I was supposed to be married by this point or I was supposed to have kids at this point or I have the marriage and the kids and the job, but I was supposed to be happy at this point. Like whatever it is, there is no supposed to be. I spoke in front of these 250 teens and I shared with them my story. And as I was telling them my story, right, what I actually did is I showed them a picture of my teenage self. And the first picture I showed them was me in the middle of a group of about 12 or 13 girls. And I literally was in the middle. And of course, because I, I wanted to be popular and I wanted everybody to love me, right? And I then focused in on that picture of, of me and I described how here I was at 17. I was an all-A student. I had gotten into the University of Michigan early, something that neither of my siblings had done. I had been a cheerleader for a couple of years, an MVP and captain when I was. I had been on student council for a couple of years. I had been president of this this Jewish youth group, my, my girls chapter of this Jewish youth group. Like this girl, when you looked at the picture, looked like she had it going on. And as I was describing this to the kids, they all started hooting and hollering and cheering as if I was so perfect. And then I went on to say that after in college, right after college, I continued and I married Mr. Perfect. Right, I married tall, dark, handsome lawyer, and all the girls are going, yeah, 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 you know. And I had this big house, and they're all still going, yeah, the golden retriever. And all these kids are getting so excited. And then I made, you know, between my husband and I, we made six figures when we were only in our twenties. Like we were doing pretty well, and they're all cheering as if this is the perfect life. And then I described how in that perfect life I felt so depressed, and that we ended up getting divorced and that what I wanted them to hear was that whatever it is, they're getting all these messages about who they're supposed to be and how perfect they're supposed to be and how if they just do X, Y, and Z, right? I'll be happy if I get the husband. I'll be happy if I get the wife. I'll be happy if I make six figures. I'll be happy if I have a big house. I'll be happy if... And how those are not the things that make us happy. Certainly like a loving, nurturing relationship 
partnership is going to make is going to add to your happiness and having a home you love is going to make you happy and having a pet you love and having work that you love but it's not the formula that makes you happy it's the content and the meaning of how you're doing each one of those things right that it's not just any relationship it's a relationship that nourishes you it's not just any job it's a job that stimulates you and excites you and fulfills your soul and makes you feel like you're living on purpose like this is the difference and so this was so powerful when someone posted this on my wall someone else said to me and posted on the wall look for answers inside trust yourself believe what your heart tells you and that you are amazing and strong and beautiful my goddess i wish i had had that advice when i was younger how much of my life have I not trusted myself? How much have you not trusted yourself? Right? We know that women have a great gift, a great gift of intuition. And our sixth sense of intuition is stronger than a man's, right? Men can have intuition too, of course. They can have deep knowing. But women have higher intuition. And the thing is that it's not as logical Often our intuition makes no sense. In fact, often our intuition sounds absolutely crazy, right? One of my clients came to me. She had a plum, like great IT job working for a big company. She was doing great. She had her three kids, right? Money was great. House was great. Husband was great. Kids were great. But she had this crazy bit of intuition. She really, really wanted to be a nurse social worker. She was like, that's crazy. You don't make as much money. I can't go back to school now. I've got all these kids. Like, that's just crazy. So she didn't trust herself with it, right? Because logic said, stay in the IT job. In fact, she didn't become a nurse or a social worker when she was younger because her family told her there's no money in that. So the, what you need to do is you need to go into computer science because that's where the money is and that's where the jobs are. And I'm not saying that that's like 100% wrong or well, I am going to say it's kind of bad advice, but it's normal, right? This is what we do. We, we, her parents wanted her to thrive. So that's why they led her in that direction. I understand that. But she had an inner knowing. The answer was inside about what would light her up, what would bring her life fulfillment and joy. And when we are doing that, which gives us fulfillment and joy, then we feel more alive in every other aspect of our life. We feel more alive in our partnerships. We feel more alive in our other relationships. We feel more alive and more wanting to care for our bodies. So this idea of trusting ourselves is so important, believing what your heart tells you. So I started receiving all this incredible advice. I mean, my high school English teacher responded on my Facebook page, hey, Mr. Honeyman, love you, about what he wishes that he had heard, right? And I was able to share with him how when I was, oh, I don't know, maybe a sophomore, I didn't get reelected to student council. And I was so ashamed. I was so ashamed to see any of my friends, so ashamed that people would know that I lost, even though of course they all lost. It was over the loudspeaker, you know, the announcement person, but I couldn't face anyone because I was so afraid of failing. So I hid out in the library. And way after the bus left, way after the other kids were left, Mr. Honeyman found me in there in the library. And I remember him sitting down with me at a back table in the library, and I just bawled my eyes out to him about how ashamed I was that I had lost this election. What a loser I felt like. 
And he was there for me and he helped me to actually breathe, be able to feel like it's okay. Loss happens, we can bounce back and to walk out. And so these are the kinds of messages that our younger self needed and still needs. You know, all of this is around being our healthiest self. All of this is around being our best self. You know, one of the messages I never got when I was younger was about my physical health. And I really, I grew up with parents who, my parents exercised every single day. They still do, which is amazing. Uh, They're now 74 and they walk somewhere between four and eight miles a day, which is incredible. Thank you, goddess. When I was younger, they would run the same. They would run three miles or four miles, whatever they would do every single day. And of course, my mom made us fairly healthy food. But we didn't talk about health. I don't think that that was talked about back in the 90s, right? And so what a lot of people wrote to me on my Facebook page was wishing that someone had talked to them about their bodies, about how beautiful their bodies are, no matter what shape, how wonderful their bodies are for what they're able to do. So now that I'm an adult, I understand how important it is to actually take care of my body. I understand like how awesome my body is. Like I love to run and dance and make love and hug my friends and like play. And I can only do that if my body is in its healthiest form. So if your New Year's resolution has been about being healthy in any way, you've called it losing weight, whatever it is, like, no, it's about being healthier. And a major way to stay healthier is actually It's about the vitamins that you take. Now, I've told you guys about Ritual before. I love them, right? Originally, they were a sponsor, and then I became a paying member um, where I get my vitamins delivered every month. Ritual is obsessively researched specifically for women. It has the nutrients that most of us don't get enough of in our diets, all in their purest, cleanest forms. No shady additives, nothing that will do harm to your body, right? It's really easy to take. And I love Ritual because it fills the, in the gaps in a women's diet. It's got a, like a minty flavor if you get the regular or lemon if you get prenatal like I do. And it's totally, for any of you out there that read labels, which I only started doing once I was on this fertility journey, right? It is vegan, sugar-free, gluten-free, non-GMO, allergen-free, and it's 100% out there for the whole world to see. It's the only, vitamin. it's got DHA, folate, really what every woman needs at every stage. Better health does not happen overnight. Start your year with Essential for Women with Ritual Vitamins. It's a small step that helps create a healthy foundation for 2019 and beyond. Visit ritual.com forward slash purpose girl to start your ritual today. Again, that's ritual.com forward slash purpose girl. They are awesome. So I wish that my younger self had really understood that it was more important to feel healthy than to look good, right? Like looking good feels good, no doubt, right? Being able to fit into your clothes feels good, but feeling good in your body, like that's amazing. I also wish that someone had said to me, right, this is like, what is your purpose? What lights you up, right? We spend so much time asking kids, and I know I was asked this a lot, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, we don't know. I read that 80% of the jobs of the future have not been created yet, right? So if you think about it, when I was a kid, and I shared this with the kids this weekend, I said to them, like, when I was a kid, there was no Snapchat, there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter. So anyone who works at any of those companies, they couldn't have predicted what they wanted to do when they got older, because those jobs didn't exist. So there are so many jobs of the future that we don't know. So rather than asking a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
rather we should be honing their skills. We should be rather honing their talents and their passions. And what is it that they love to do or what impact do they want to make in the world? Like who would they love to help? How would they like to contribute? Those questions will help them so much more get on a track that will allow them to end up in a job and living a purpose that they feel great about. So after I showed the kids this picture of me kind of looking quote unquote perfect when I was 17 and kind of all my accomplishments and they were cheering and then I told them how I followed this perfect dream life and how I ended up unhappy, I showed them another picture of my 17-year-old self and that picture I was hunched over. I was covering up my body. I was making myself small because that girl felt like she wasn't good enough. That girl felt like she wasn't pretty enough. That girl felt like she was a fraud. And so I asked the kids, these young adults, these teens, how many of you feel like that? How many of you feel like you aren't good enough? You compare yourself to someone else and almost all of them raised their hand. And then I said, and how many of you feel alone in that? Still, most of them had their hand up. And I said, look around. If you feel alone, you're not alone. Everyone's feeling that way. We just need to start talking about it. We need to start normalizing and saying, it's okay. It's normal. The reason I got into this work, if you listened, I think it was to the first episode or second episode, I talk about how I got into this work. The impetus to this is that after my divorce, I became an advisor to this youth group. It was in Michigan, but I became an advisor to this Jewish youth group, and I suddenly was with 40 high school girls and advising them and uplifting them and encouraging them and really seeing how much struggle that they were feeling with not not feeling good enough or pretty enough or smart enough or like a fraud or whatever it was. Like encouraging and empowering them is what led me to do this now for, you know, for my livelihood. I knew it was my purpose. And I remember one of those girls, her brother, was not only president of the Michigan chapter of this youth group, he went on to become the president internationally of this youth group. Like it's huge. It's got thousands and thousands and thousands of kids. He was on his way to Harvard, all A's, like cute and funny and perfect and like, like everything. And here she was a few years younger than him, and she just felt like less than, right? Like no one could compare with her brother. And so what I saw in her, though, was how creative she was. What I saw in her was like how fun she was, like how like incredibly sweet and caring. And so I loved helping her see herself. And so I said to these young adults, like, you are not alone almost everyone in this room feels like they are comparing themselves to everyone else. In fact, as adults, how many of you out there are, you know, are you ever comparing yourself? Are you comparing yourself to your friends who seem to only have perfectly behaved children, you know, on Facebook or to your other friends who maybe take glamorous vacations? I know I do. Sometimes I'll have to take a social media break because I just can't deal, right? Or I'll have to do a social media cleanse of like, it's not healthy for me to look at a couple people's profiles. I'm pretty good at being able to turn jealousy or envy into inspiration, right? I love that if I see someone else doing something and I'm like, oh, you know, like I've used this example before, but like my friend Paula had been working in Paris and this is years ago and I found myself so jealous. Like, why does Paula get to work in Paris? I want to work in Paris. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wait, okay, inspiration. I want to work in Paris. And that's when I created my first purpose in Paris retreat, which by the way, Spoiler alert, I am doing again this year. It's going to be mid-August, Purpose in Paris. 
email me, go over to purposegirl.com and send me a, a note if you want to kind of be one of the first people to hear about it. So excited. Okay, side note. So Paula was working in Paris and I used it as inspiration. But you know what? Sometimes we just can't find that inspiration. And so we need to kind of do a little social media cleanse. Well, that's us as adults. Think about these kids who are on social media all day, who are just constantly seeing their friends putting on those like, you know, those fake masks you can like get on Facebook or on Instagram and they have those like overlays. So we're not even seeing what someone really looks like. And so we're thinking that everyone else has it all together, that everyone else feels so happy. And it's just not true. What we actually need is to know that it's okay. But I know my younger self didn't know it's okay. I mean, I was so freshman and sophomore year, I wasn't even really in this youth group. I was in it a little bit, but in name only, because I didn't think it was cool, right? What I thought was cool was cheerleading and student council and trying to get a boy to like me and the particular group of popular girls. And I remember I was so into cheerleading. Like I had read these Sweet Valley High books. Maybe some of you have read them. And are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. And like, I so badly just wanted to be a cheerleader because I thought if I was a cheerleader, then I'll be cool, right? Like Teen Magazine said it, Seventeen Magazine said it. And so when I tried out for freshman year, I not only tried out, but I became captain and MVP and I loved it. Like I was obsessed, honestly, a little bit of a drill sergeant, right? So I thought about cheerleading. I made up cheers in the middle of history class when I was bored. Like I constantly was thinking about cheerleading. And then I tried out for my sophomore year and again was captain and MVP. And I'm like, oh, I like love this, love this, love this. And then when I tried out for my varsity year, right now it was going to be juniors and seniors. So they only took half and it was harder. It was more competitive. <laughs> I remember the day of try, the, the first day of, of tryouts, I was the first one at the gym. Like, let's say tryouts started at 3.30 at like 2.55. The second the class was over, I was sitting in the, in the bleachers, like waiting, right? I was like that into it. And I tried out and I didn't get it. I was not picked for the varsity squad. And I felt so ashamed of myself. Like, I cannot even tell you. I thought none of my friends would talk to me. I had based my entire life on being this image. And when I didn't make it, shame doesn't even cover it. I, I I didn't know how I was going to live. I didn't think I could go to school the next day. I mean, my parents were so worried that I was going to hurt myself, that my mom had me sleep in her bed and my dad slept in mine. Right. I, I, it was, it was so bad. And I'll tell you, my parents went into the athletic director at six in the morning the next day. And there was like an emergency meeting about putting me back on the cheerleading squad because they was, they were afraid I was going to hurt myself. You know, ultimately, that wasn't, I know that they did it out of love and I love them for it. I mean, ultimately, that wasn't the best decision because I needed to learn how to deal with failure. But I get it. They were scared for their little girl. So these are the things, right? So, you know, if I thought I had it or you thought you had it like a lot of pressure when we were younger, these kids, it's 10 times as much because of all the social media. And the thing is, is that comparing ourselves to other people is so normal, right? It's, it, we know it's not very healthy for us. It's not very good for us, but it's normal. We, it actually is an evolutionary advantage. So we all compare ourselves. And the reason that we do it, and, and we all get jealous, and the reason is that thousands of years ago, when our ancestors, like, think back to, like, caveman, right, and saber-toothed tiger days, when our ancestors needed to survive day by day, it was a survival mechanism, they would be look over. And if I saw that, 
Jennifer's family was like eating well and had a lot, I would be constantly watching what is Jennifer's family doing? because I wanted to learn from them. So comparing ourselves to someone else and watching what other people are doing and if someone else is doing better than you is actually an evolutionary advantage. It was a survival mechanism. So it was super helpful for our ancestors to survive, but it's not so helpful now. As my dear friend Amelia says, old brain in a new world. It's not helpful now. And so I would love for these kids to know you are good enough now. You are good enough as is. I ask these kids, how many of you feel like you are not good enough? They all raise their hand. How many of you feel like you have to get into a certain college and you're stressed out about it? They raise their hand. How many of you feel bad that like your, your brain constantly worries that you said the wrong thing in the past? Almost all of them raise their hand. How many of you are worried about the future and you're not going to be able to do well? Raise their hand, right? They're constantly feeling this way. How many of you are feeling fat or ugly or not smart enough or not good enough and they're feeling this way? And it's an issue. According to Mental Health America, 11% of our youth aged 12 to 17 report suffering at least one major depressive episode. I'm not talking about feeling sad. I'm not talking about the times where they feel kind of bad about themselves. I'm talking about major depressive episode in the past year. That's 11%, right? 1.8 million youth have experienced severe depression. Right? This has like become a big issue. And so much of it is about self-esteem, self-confidence. Sadly, Dove did a research study and they found that seven in 10 girls believe that they are not good enough or don't measure up in some way, whether it's looks or performance in school or relationships. Seven in 10 girls feel that they are not good enough. About 20% of teens will experience depression before they reach adulthood. 75% of girls with low self esteem have engaged in activities like bullying, smoking, drinking disordered eating, like bulimia or anorexia, cutting themselves. 40% of boys in middle school and high school regularly are trying to increase their muscle mass. Like, what are the messages that we have for boys, right? We're telling them, you got to be big. You've got to, like, be a man. And what does being a man mean, right? We tell them, don't cry. Don't... All that kind of BS. I love it when Josh cries. I feel so connected to him when I get to, like, see that intense, beautiful emotion. But low self-esteem is a real issue among these kids. Many of them feel like frauds because they have adults around them telling them, you're awesome, you're perfect, you can do anything. And they're like, oh, okay, I can't fail. If I fail, they might find out I'm a fraud. And this is where an amazing concept in positive psychology comes in. It's called mindset, growth mindset. So this is work by Carol Dweck uh, out at Stanford. And she identifies that we can have a fixed mindset or a growth mindset. And fixed mindset is like, I am smart or I'm not. I'm pretty or I'm not. I'm athletic or I'm not. And that kids who have this fixed mindset, they actually don't try harder. Like, and I'm a recovering fixed mindset girl where I used to think I'm smart or I'm not. And I'd heard my whole life I was smart. So I was afraid. And this is what Carol Dweck finds in her research. I was afraid to take harder classes and get a B because I was afraid they were they, meaning my parents or family or whomever, was going to find out that I wasn't as smart as they thought that I was. And this is what happens a lot of times with this fixed mindset. It's this perfectionist, afraid to try new things, afraid to fail. And what we want instead is what's called a growth mindset. And a growth mindset is knowing that, you know, it's better to try something a little more challenging because you're going to learn. And it's better, it's okay to fail or to make a mistake because you're going to learn. And to learn, I can always become more athletic. I can always become, you know, smarter. I can always learn new things. 
And this is what we really want to start teaching our kids. And frankly, it begins with teaching ourselves. When I say at the end of every episode of the Purpose Girl podcast, we are changing the world one woman at a time. What I'm referring to there is what is called emotional contagion, right? We know from the research that our emotions are contagious, that however we feel is actually being spread three degrees of separation. The research has shown that when we're happy, when we feel good about ourselves, then the next person around us, right? So whether that's a kid, that is a neighbor, that's a partner, they feel it and you increase their happiness. And then that person feels a little happier. So then the next person that they touch feels a little happier, a little brighter, and it goes on. And you know what? People are good at sensing when we're faking it. So I know a lot of people and myself sometimes do, will fake it. But I'm talking about really getting to the point in your life where you feel empowered. You know, it's a, I'm not talking about not, have, not ever being sad. Heck no, right? We are redefining happiness, ladies, right? We are redefining happiness as being a whole woman, being real, being authentic, being on purpose. And that means it's okay to sometimes be sad and angry. Like that's human. All down for that, right? And that's why on my Purpose Girls group, right? I want it to be a safe place. I want everyone to go over there and find that group on Facebook so that you have a safe place where you can get out your pain, you can get out your struggles, you can get out right anything you're going through. Like That is a safe space to share all of that and receive support from the other women, from me, from our network manager, Christy. Like That is a safe place. So go over to Facebook and do that. And then what we're going to do, we're going to hear you, we're going to hold you, and then we're going to support you and lift you up and remind you of how awesome you are. So we are contagious. That's what I mean when I say we're changing the world one woman at a time. And so as we take these messages that our 17-year-old self needed to hear and we start giving them to ourselves, now we start to change from the inside out. And that's actually better than saying any of these messages. If you are saying to your kids, you can follow your dreams, but you are not following your own, they're watching what you do, not what you say. If you are saying to your kids, everybody is beautiful, but then they see you look in the mirror and kind of like pick apart, you know, your cellulite or your butt, they're watching. And listen, I'm not perfect at any of this. Heck to the no, right? We are in this together. That's why I want us all on the Facebook group, right? We are in this together. And we're here to remind each other, like, let's do this with ourselves first. So what I wish I had heard when I was younger and what I made sure that I told these kids is we all don't feel good enough. We all are struggling in some ways. And we have to start lifting each other up by our strengths and not tearing each other down to pick on weaknesses, right? That allowing ourselves our humanness, like knowing it's okay to have ups and downs and the downs make us stronger. I said to these kids, and it's like I need to say it to myself all the time too, is to stop wasting time worrying what other people think of you. Mr. Honeyman, my teacher, what he put on my Facebook page is, you know, those people won't be with you when you're 80 or 90. And so when you're 80 or 90, looking back at your life, you're the only one who will be with you every step of the way. He's so brilliant, right? You're the only one in charge of your happiness, your own greatness. And you got this. And of course, before I wrapped up with these kids, I had to make sure that I told them. I said, and listen, girls, Every single one of you is beautiful. I don't care what advertising is telling you about a certain body shape. Because when I was young, I mean, younger than them, when I was like maybe 10 or 11, my brother had told me what a butt was, like what a cute butt was. Like, don't worry, it wasn't like gross. He was more trying to help me out and tell me what, you know, a boy would think made a cute butt. 
And I remember then my whole like teenage years constantly looking in the mirror and trying to move my butt so that it wasn't too big, right? So that the boys would think it was cute. But then guess what? Now Kim Kardashian and butts are in. So I said to these girls, you are beautiful as is. You're beautiful because you're different. You're beautiful because you're healthy. Focus on your health. And I watched as one girl had a tear that just streaked down her eye. And then I said to the boys, and listen to me, guys, it is okay to cry. It is okay for you to feel. There is nothing wrong with that. That's like the best man that's out there. And when I wrapped up the talk, I mean, I, I don't know that I did a great job. Like I said, I, you know, I, I speak all over the world. Like if your company or your group is looking for a speaker, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, they want, you want training and optimism and being your best self. Like, please contact me. And I hope I did a good job for these teens. I was a little nervous about it because you know what? It's hard to control a group of 250 teens. Some of them were just talking in the back of the room and I was like, ah, you know, my younger self that wanted everybody to like me popped in. But then as I was wrapping up and I was packing up my computer, there was a line of kids wanting to talk to me. And a 14-year-old, maybe 15, I don't know, a young, a young man came up to me. And with tears in his eyes, he said, thank you. I really needed this today. I really needed to hear this today. And you could tell he wanted to say something else, but he also, his voice was cracking and he didn't want to cry, right? Because quote unquote, boys aren't supposed to cry. And I said to him, it's okay, honey, you don't have to say anything else. And I asked if I could hug him or would he like a high five? And he asked for a hug. And I hugged him and I thought of his parents who, this is their sweet baby boy and he is struggling in high school. And I felt so grateful to God and to the goddess and just the world that I if I could change just that one kid's life. And then right behind him was another boy, maybe 15, maybe 16. And he was shaking when he came and he talked to me. And he said, I had my second panic attack last week. And he also had tears in his eyes and cracking in his voice. So he stopped and I said, it's really scary, isn't it? And he said, yeah. And he said, I, I have so many dreams, so many things I want to do, but I, I can't if I have this anxiety. And I said, listen to me right now. I live with anxiety. I have general anxiety disorder, right? That's what they diagnose me as. I live with it. And that's why I meditate every morning. That's why I write in my journal. That's why I have my tools of running back and forth in the hotel room. And that's why I take an anti-anxiety medicine. It's okay. It's okay. You can do great things even with anxiety. And then behind these two boys was a group of girls and they were like, oh my God, we loved it. We love the empowerment, go empowerment, you know, and they're like talking to me about one of them said, my mom wants me to become an accountant, but I don't want to be an accountant, right? So it was like, okay, if it was just these 10 kids, that was good enough. And I'll tell you, I have never before felt like if it's just 10 in an audience of 250, it was good enough, right? I pride myself on it being 250 out of 250 every time. But in this audience, because those 10 represented, you know, another 50 at least, that didn't come talk to me. And it's not for me to pump myself up. It's rather to say that we all have the opportunity to make a difference every day, to make a difference in kids' lives and to make a difference in other people's lives by how we speak to them. And it really begins with how we speak to ourselves. And answering this question, what does your younger self need to hear? 
and say it to her now, right now. Does she need to hear that it's going to be okay? Then gently, softly, lovingly, maybe even while hugging yourself or gently stroking your cheek. I do that. I stroke my cheek when I want to be super nice to myself because that's what my grandma did. And I say, it's going to be okay. So you say to yourself right now, it's going to be okay. But does your younger self need to hear, you are enough. You are enough as is. You don't have to do anything different or special. And say that to yourself right now. Whatever it is that that teenager inside of you needs to hear, gently, lovingly say it to yourself. Say it a hundred times and then say it a hundred more. Write it on a sticky note and put it all over your house. Ask other friends to say it to you. Set alarms on your phone to say it to you over and over and over again. And then the more you say those things to the other people in your life, the more genuine it will come across because they know that you feel that too. And so I thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Purpose Girl podcast. I hope that it has enlivened your teenage self and supported and helped your teenage self like it has for me. If you like this podcast, again, please go over to iTunes, leave a five-star review, write a review. Even if you already wrote one, write another one. Tell us what you thought of this episode. Tell us what you think. I am going to be doing a contest coming up soon where I read off one person and you're going to get a special Purpose Girl prize. And I am going to be reading a review every time. And I'd love to read your name on the Purpose Girl podcast. And of course, make sure that you check out Ritual Vitamins. I freaking love them. That's ritual.com forward slash Purpose Girl. And I would love it, love it, love it if you would join our community. Totally safe, totally sacred, totally uplifting community on Facebook. Just search for Purpose Girl. You will find us, Purpose Girls, join the community. And make sure that you go over and you find me on Instagram at Karen Rockhind. I love hearing from you. You also can get your free Living on Purpose guide over on my website, purposegirl.com. Make sure you download that. And I cannot wait to continue uplifting the world together because we are changing the world one woman at a time. With that, my dear friend, my sister, may you live purposefully. May you love yourself and may you love life. Bye for now.